Hello and welcome to the Flyover Libertarian, episode 14. Today we're talking to Dribbly, a Twitter user that knows a lot about Bitcoin. We've talked to Dribbly before, but Bitcoin's been in the news again lately. So let's see what's going on. We've got PayPal legitimizing Bitcoin, and then uh, J.P. Morgan Chase legitimizing Bitcoin. Uh, is that as big a deal as CNBC makes it out to me? Um, if you are one of the people who follows CNBC, uh, which is to say, um, uh, on the uh, the on Bitcoin Twitter, there are two factions, if you will, that I follow. Um, they they kind of blend into each other. Um, but there's the uh, the people who are in it uh, to get rich, or perhaps the number go up crew. Um, and those people are stoked that PayPal's involved, that J.P. Morgan is involved, um, that they talk about this on CNBC, um, because as purely a, a, um, an investment vehicle, uh, yes, this is huge news. Uh, PayPal giving people access um, is just mind blowing when you consider the number of people who use PayPal on a daily basis. The other group is not so much interested in this. Um, and that's uh, what more of the uh, the technical side, more of the the political people, uh, the libertarians, the ANCAPs and such, um, who are more interested in what Bitcoin stands for and what it can do. Um, and actually, uh, uh, what PayPal is offering people could be a net detriment uh, to Bitcoin um, because of the way that it's set up. So with Bitcoin, I'm excuse me. With PayPal, which is actually the same thing as with uh, Robinhood, the investing app, it allows a, a person to purchase Bitcoin in the app, but they can't do anything with it except sell it later. Um, they can't use it for commerce. Uh, they, can't buy, uh, they can't send it anywhere. They can't receive Bitcoin. Um, so functionally, what they're buying from PayPal is an IOU, and they are trusting that PayPal actually has the Bitcoins. And when they come to want to sell their Bitcoins through PayPal, they are trusting that PayPal will give them uh, what the current exchange rate is. Um, and yeah, PayPal's got its, uh, its policies in place, but there's really no guarantee of that simply because PayPal is at that point a trusted third party. First off, you don't actually know whether or not they have any Bitcoin. They're just telling you that they do. Um, second off, you don't know if they're going to give it to you when you want it back. Um, and uh, so this gets into this gets into the uh, the Bitcoin meme, which is not your keys, not your Bitcoins, um, which really is true. If, if you don't own the private keys, if you don't have control of the private keys for the Bitcoins. They're not yours. Somebody else yeah. owns them and uh, you have an IOU and you're destroying the, the very fundamental part about Bitcoin, which is there are no trusted intermediaries. Um, yeah. And so if you need to trust PayPal or if you need to trust JP Morgan or if you need to trust um, Robinhood. I mean, you're not you're not doing Bitcoin. You are investing to make money. Um, are you expecting that every uh, normal person in the future should learn uh, basics of cryptography and and Bitcoin and private keys in the same way that every person that wants to work in an office now needs to understand Microsoft Office? Like, it's just a, something you have to adapt to to be useful because this is the new tool? Um, I would think so. Because that's the argument against it, is that, that 
so many people just don't like they don't understand cryptography so how can you expect them to understand bitcoin but you you're expecting there's a, a basic level of uh literacy for crypt cryptocurrency that you you're expecting in the future it will be a standard if you want to transact um for the most part i think it's actually more equivalent to email where people know how to send an email they know how to create a gmail account um and they can do it um but then if you want to send um encrypted emails that's additional learning that you don't have to do to use email if you want to host your own mail server that's additional learning that you don't have to do um to um to do email so in this case google is a trusted third party um however much you trust them they are hosting uh your data they are taking care of it and functionally speaking um we have a decent court system currently in Amer- in america so like the data that that's on their servers is your data um but if you want to go off the deep end you can at which point nobody hosts your data nobody hosts your emails except you nobody can read them except you because they're all encrypted um and and it's it's more of that where for the average person um using gmail is just fine there's really no reason for them to not um simply because it works it's simple it's easy um and it's just very very convenient for the people who need it otherwise um let's say you have some journalist uh hiding out under some regime trying to expose the truth they're not going to use gmail they're not going to use hotmail they're going to use some method of encryption um use some method of hiding their internet traffic in order to expose what's going on um and so that person will need to know how to uh utilize these uh these systems more effectively in order to perform their job and then there are also the people who create the systems like gmail that work really easily those people have to know what they're doing um and so right now you can go to any any app store you can go to the play store um download a bitcoin wallet i can send you bitcoins you can send me bitcoins we can send them to iran um and you don't like you don't know what's going on underneath because you don't have to because the wallet takes care of that because the people who created the wallet know how it works and they took care of it for you sure in that case they still have access to their private keys but they still don't understand what a private key is right Right. And so um, at some point, there's some there's some amount of trust in a third party unless you compile the code yourself. Um, And for most people, they aren't technically capable of that. Bitcoin creates a system where if somebody were to put in the work, they could compile their own wallet. Heck, they could write their own wallet. they can download the Bitcoin blockchain. They can verify every single transaction in the history of Bitcoin. And that's really more important than each person doing it themselves, just the fact that it can be verified. The fact that it can be, be done. Um, yeah. However, more people doing that means that it is more censorship resistant. Um, yeah. If it's kind of like open source code. I'll deploy some more open source code all the time for projects and hobbies and be like, this could be a virus. I probably isn't though because it's got a whole bunch of contributors on github right so exactly i'm just gonna gonna install this it's probably fine it's probably fine and and for most people taking open source software and just putting it on blindly without being able to read the code is fine simply because it's open source um and you can trust the system um and so you can download uh i highly recommend downloading 
the Bitcoin core. Um, that's the most common uh, computer-based uh, Bitcoin node that you can run. It's also a Bitcoin wallet. Um, gives you great coin control. Download it. Start downloading the blockchain. Um, and then your computer is verifying every single transaction so that the Bitcoins that are in your wallet you know are yours. You know they're not fake. Um, even if you don't know how the code actually works because thousands and thousands of people have reviewed it and you can trust the system itself. When companies like PayPal and Robinhood get involved in Bitcoin, they're, does that threaten the, like the decentralized network or the, the decentralized nature of Bitcoin when large companies, like for example, Square invested $50 million into Bitcoin, like they purchased $15 million worth of Bitcoin? Uh, a month ago October, I guess it can um, individual companies holding it um, I think is in my opinion is okay because that's the market uh, the company has decided they for whatever reason they would rather be in Bitcoin than in whatever their native currency is um, and that's just the market at play they've weighed their risks they've weighed their potential rewards and they've decided we're going to invest this much of my money into these many bitcoins um, the big issue for me actually is what looks to be the same um, is uh, like ETFs or investment firms, JP Morgan, um, all, all these online exchanges um, that hold Bitcoins for people who really have no idea what it's about. Um, and they're just in it for the, uh, the financial exposure. Um, at right. that point, that company might be custodying thousands and thousands, tens or hundreds of thousands of Bitcoins at which point they could potentially have a fair amount of clout in the network. More than just what they would purchase on their own is the important point there. It's they're, They've got a pool of Bitcoin that's more than just what they would have purchased on their own. And whoever owns the keys controls those Bitcoins. Now, um, at, at the end of the day, it's actually the it's actually the nodes who control Bitcoin, which is why it is imperative that anybody who uses Bitcoin runs a node. Um, because the nodes are the ones who enforce the rules. Any node operator can decide which rules that node wants to enforce, um, and then they get to enforce those rules. Um, and so even if, uh, going back to, like, let's say JP Morgan has 100,000 Bitcoins, they are, they are regulatory bound by their government, which is the US, um, and they have to follow all those rules. Whereas you and I, um, don't we are not you know registered money service businesses we are not bound by kyc regulations um and so the the network is much more uh, anonymous much more resilient um when it's used by the small people um and so jp morgan let's let's say the u.s government puts in um in a rule that says anybody who uses bitcoin has to know the identity of the person sending them bitcoins um jp morgan will have to follow that or they will get shut down as a company. You and I don't have to. Um, I mean, it would be illegal, and I'm absolutely, of course, not advocating that anybody do anything illegal ever, um, but we wouldn't, the government might not know. Um, and so it's the small guys, it's the individual nodes who choose the rules that they want to uh, enforce and then enforce them. If I, wanted to create, if I wanted to create a node that had 22 million Bitcoins instead of the 21 that exists right now, I can do that. Nobody's stopping me. But I can't force a single person to come along with me um, on that. Yeah. And so it is the ultimate in uh, rules without rulers, where we have a 
we have the best possible democratic society where, where things are, are generally elected by popularity. But at any point, if anybody want to says, wants to say, no, I'm not interested in this, they can leave and nobody's able to force them to stay. Um, and that may not be true for the big companies um, who have lots of Bitcoins that they're custodying for other people. Sure. So the control issue um, and the decentralization issue and the 51% rule issue isn't so much about the actual Bitcoins. It's about the nodes. In the same way, like uh, criticisms have been made about regular stock equity ETFs, where these companies are just holding billions and billions of dollars worth of stock as an ETF. Like you said, like a Bitcoin ETF is, is an issue because they're, they have access to more Bitcoin than they normally would just purchase. Uh, a lot of these companies have way, way, way more stock than they would just because people are putting it into a, an index fund. Uh, in the same way, it's uh, it, that's an issue because they actually get the voting rights. So your brokerage gets the voting rights on those shares. You could think of the um, the the Bitcoin node as like the the voting rights, the actual control of the system. For all these people who feel like they own Bitcoin, they don't. They just own exposure to the current exchange rate of Bitcoin. They don't yeah. own their private keys, and uh, most likely, they're not running a node. Where if they're trusting somebody else to hold their Bitcoins, there's no way that they're going to be running a node. So that person is not participating in the network. That person is not um, enforcing the rule set that they want enforced. Um, and so it can it can create a much, much weaker system. Sure. Yeah, the other one I wanted to talk about, the other company, is uh, called MicroStrategy. They're a publicly traded company um, that... Uh, I think very, very high level, they are a software as a service company um, and they just they just work with tech companies. Um, in August and September, they purchased a total of 38,250 Bitcoins uh, and they paid a total price of 250 million for it. Um, and I haven't watched a whole lot of uh, the, the CEO's um, interviews and such, but essentially the guy is saying that he doesn't trust the US dollar long term and he does trust Bitcoin long term. And he decided to put half of his company's cash reserves into Bitcoin. Since that, uh, their 425 million is currently worth about 510 million. Uh, so yeah. almost $100 million that they've made in three months, which is, which is more than um, three and a half years, the last three and a half years of their net profits. Um, and so more, I think you will see more and more companies whether or not they agree with Bitcoin's ethos, um, gaining exposure to Bitcoin simply because they come to believe they can't afford to not. They might put 2%, they might put half a percent um, of their cash reserves into Bitcoin on the off chance that it goes up. Um, yeah, this isn't just some no-name startup either. This has been around since 1989. This is like an established firm that's like, we can't afford not to do this. And there, and so, kind of by extension, um, their uh, stock is in some way a Bitcoin ETF at this point because the value of their stock is going to be somewhat tied to the price of Bitcoin going forward. Um, they've already made over twenty five percent return on their investment, and assuming Bitcoin's price still goes up, 
that that's just gonna that's gonna go up as well. Their their stock price has gone up. It was about 150 or so, 140 uh, when they announced their first purchase in August. And last I checked, it was almost 180. Um, I uh, I was hoping to get some of it when uh, they first when they first announced it, but I, I wasn't quick enough for it. Um, yeah, and so some person who's got a traditional 401k or Roth IRA or something um, who doesn't want to transfer it over and, and directly buy Bitcoins with it can choose to purchase the stock of companies that publicly acknowledge that they own Bitcoin as kind of a, a, a second or third hop away from some sort of Bitcoin ETF. When did they announce this? Uh, MicroStrategy? I don't know the exact date. It was in August, though. Okay. And it was like a doozy. They bought uh, 25000 something like that, maybe closer to thirty, And, like, nobody was expecting it. They just had a had a public announcement one day. Hey, guys, we bought a, a, a crap load of Bitcoin, and uh, we think it's cool. So there's a website, bitcointreasuries.org, uh, that people can go to. This is where I got most of my information about these companies. Uh, it lists publicly known um, public and private companies that own Bitcoin when they bought it, um, news articles related to it, how much they own and such. Um, it's run by a, a, a Twitter personality known as NVK, um, who makes the best hardware wallets that are out there. Um, so I highly recommend you check out the website and uh, NVK's stuff, uh, CoinKite. I think it's CoinKite.com. Let me pull that up real quick to see. I like the idea of investing in companies anchored with Bitcoin. So I want, you know, I'm young, I'm not approaching retirement. I want to invest in equities, particularly tech companies. That's just how people our age skew. Um, but whenever I know their value is anchored by a, an asset that can't be uh, diluted. Like, just imagine if there was a company out there that only allowed people to purchase um, its stock in some number of ounces of gold, um, you know, a tenth of an ounce or a, a full ounce or whatever. Um, that's the only way they would sell you their stock. Um, then the value of that company is directly tied to the price of gold. I should say the price of that company is directly tied to the price of gold. Um, and this is the same situation where now MicroStrategy's stock valuation will go up in some correlation with the price of Bitcoin going up. So, I mean, if Bitcoin goes 100x, um, which is a number people like to throw around because it's a round number, um, that means then all of a sudden Square's Bitcoin will be worth uh, 10% of its of its uh, market cap. I'm not, a, I'm not much of a betting man, so I'm not going to tell you what the odds are of Bitcoin going 100x. But I know they're less than 100% and uh, greater than zero. Yeah, it's been surprisingly stable like the last couple of years. And I feel like that legitimized it, especially when there's so much like potential for inflation in the next year. I feel like that legitimized it. Just the fact that it, everybody said it was a joke and acted like it wasn't going to do anything. And then it's just stable for a couple of years. Yeah, so during the, the big run-up in late 2017, everybody heard about Bitcoin. 
Um, and yeah. then most people heard about Bitcoin when it was fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, and then they saw it drop down to three thousand over the course of twelve to eighteen months. And they're like, "This this is something I won't touch with a ten foot pole." Um, yeah. And then it stopped going down, and then it just kind of hibernated for a while, and people forgot about it. Um, and then then twenty twenty hit, and and then the world shut down, and now we have money printers in every country, um, and people are starting to realize. Well, all these all these nuts who are talking about money printing or talking about inflation, they might actually know what they're talking about. Um, and then just j- just recently, Bitcoin hit over three months of being worth more than ten thousand U.S. dollars, um, which is the longest it has ever been above that. And people are like, wait a minute, it's stabilizing. And over the last month, it's gone up like 20 percent. And people are like, wait a minute, it's stabilized, found a bottom. Now it's going up and can't be diluted it can't be inflated away and the, the u.s government has pretty much promised to print however much money they need to do whatever they yeah, want they literally and they're promised, like yeah maybe i want to look into something else and then on top of that you get these first off it's the crazy tech companies you get microstrategy you get square saying hey we're exposed to bitcoin because we think it's cool and then you get jp morgan and you get paypal saying all right people anybody who uses paypal come you can buy some bitcoin um and then yeah so the reasons are a little bit different there right like jp morgan is like oh this is the new gold so we're gonna hold this because young people are treating it like the new gold so we're gonna call it the new gold paypal just wants to not fade into oblivion um, because there are now all these other alternative u.s dollar based and they're an old company too you know they bought venmo because they they were about to lose uh lose relevancy right um one of the guys who's big into to bitcoin right now and i forget his name i think it's peter something uh but don't quote me on that um was it was in the uh was in the, the 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 original team that created paypal and he said that bitcoin is what they wanted to create when they started paypal that paypal was That's really too huh. was too centralized so therefore too regulatable and therefore, they couldn't implement what they saw, and so PayPal—they—they they just needed something, and so I think that's think that's why they did it. But now, if you think about it, J.P. Morgan and PayPal are what top twenty, at worst, financially related companies in the world, and now they've said Bitcoin is at least legitimate enough for us to be exposed to it, um, and so every single medium-sized bank right now is going holy smokes, how do we get caught up on this? We don't want to be left in the dust. Every single publicly traded company that's remotely technically is, is saying to itself, well, do we want to put in 1% of our market cap? Do we want 5%? Do we want to pull a micro strategy and throw in half our money? Um, and uh, so from a purely um, supply and demand price uh, perspective, the demand is coming and Bitcoin supply is not going to go any faster. And when demand increases and supply remains the same, the price has to go up. Um, and so the people who are very excited about the money are very, very excited right now. Because if you look at the stock chart, we have a pretty classic bottom and starting a move up. When if you look at the world around it, we have unprecedented inflation. We have unprecedented unrest. We have unprecedented government overreach. Um, and we have companies left and right saying, hey, I'm in I'm into Bitcoin as well. Um, and it just seems to be the perfect storm that's leading towards Bitcoin's favor. 
And I really think the next 12 to 18 months are going to be quite the ride. Um, again, from a purely financial standpoint, uh, it makes me a little nervous from the technical side, uh, but I can't do much more than run my own node and, and see what happens. You could run more nodes. I could run more nodes. That's true. I, I don't have that much time. We'll get to the Iran topic pretty quick. But if this goes down uh, one potential response to the Iran topic, um, it could be that everybody, every company in America is required to fight against Bitcoin because of government uh, regulation. So your internet service so provider... So they extend the sanctions to port 8333? At that point, it will drive everything underground. They will have to go onto a VPN at least. They'll have to go to Tor. Um but then this is the coolest thing ever. Um, you can get the Bitcoin, you can get the the Bitcoin network um, via satellite. You can buy a kit, or you can buy a Dish satellite off Craigslist and build your own computer that does it. But there is a company, again trusted third party, but there is a company that has created a satellite network that uh, sends and receives transactions via satellite. Um, Amazing! Wow. And so if your internet service provider cuts you off. Um, either completely or just the Bitcoin traffic, well, then you just pop on your satellite. Technically, you could do it over AM radio if you had to. It's literally just data. <laughs> right, so you can do it over ham radio. You can do it over light signals. You can print a transaction up on a billboard. Um, like there's, it's, I mean, it's very easy to see where things could get very bad very quickly and all of this will go underground. Um, but there's no way in my mind to see how this is going to stop completely because yeah, it stop. it's only a matter of time until a government comes out and says we are using um we are using bitcoin to sidestep international policies that we don't like and here we get to, what Iran just and here we get did? to Iran exactly yeah. so this just happened just it was announced today um where Iran said um that they will be utilizing bitcoin um, for imports as a way to sidestep U.S. economic sanctions. Um, so I'm not obviously uh, uh, an expert on Iran's law or international law or international import and export, but my understanding of it is, and I can send you a couple links on this that you can post, um, that the people in Iran who are mining Bitcoin uh, to some extent are doing so with government-subsidized um, electricity, because the government is subsidizing it for the purpose of buying the bitcoins from the miners so that the government can use it for import of goods. Um, so if you're a miner in Iran, if I understand this correctly, you are required to sell some of your bitcoin um, to the government. And, uh, and that is in exchange for the right to be allowed to mine bitcoin. Um, um, and right now, Iran, I think, has about 4 or 5% of the hash rate, um, which is significant. That's a lot. Um, and so Iran has, has publicly stated, you know, the, the U.S. economic sanctions are crippling our economy. Um, there are people dying. Our, the actual uh, um, Iranian money is, is in like 35% inflation right now. Um, so it's just being decimated. Um, and it's because of these economic sanctions. And people are dying. It's amazing. It's so powerful as a currency that a state is literally turning away from their inflated currency to use this instead. And so... And so in the course of a week or two, we've had PayPal, we've had JP Morgan, um, and now we have a country. Um, <coughs> there's a good chance that the next country to do this will either be Venezuela or North Korea. Um, just to take a little rabbit trail, it's the, 
It's the, uh, give me a second, it's the oppressed countries um, that will turn to Bitcoin first. And I'm Venezuela and North Korea are oppressed because of what they have done. I'm well aware that they are. It is a self-inflicted uh, oppression. Uh, but they, they will view themselves as the victims of the U.S. aggression, and they will look yes. for ways to get around, regardless of who's at fault. Um, they will try to find ways to get around it. In the past, they would have had to go to gold, and now they just go online, um, and they will they will utilize Bitcoin, um, and there will be nothing that any government um, is going to be able to do to stop it. Um, and the moment that... Uh, so going from zero to one... Um, is a significant event. We now have one country publicly using Bitcoins. There are more out there um, that just haven't made it public yet. But now that Iran has done it, well, now people are uh, countries are a little more uh, willing to consider publicly announcing it. Obviously, the U.S., the U.K., they're not going to do it because that would associate them with Iran. But maybe another Mideast country will, will publicly announce, hey, we use Bitcoin too. Maybe Russia will. Um, and eventually it'll reach a point where... Um, uh, you will end up uh, countries will join not because they they care about being associated with iran not because they they might not even care about bitcoin but they don't want to be the last one um and uh, there it, it will be a snowball um where every single country will say yeah we'll utilize bitcoins for international commerce or for debt payments um and then what happens to the the ability of the u.s to force its uh, decisions onto other countries because of the fact that the U.S. is the global reserve currency, it goes away, um, and then the U.S. has to actually like economically compete with other countries on an international scale, um, and it's just kind of exciting to realize that this could be the watershed moment where it's all downhill from here. Might take ten years, might take a hundred. I don't know, um, but. I really don't think there's any way for any country, including the U.S., uh, to stop it at this point. It, it reminded me of when FDR confiscated gold. How if you, like, I'm sure it's a lot easier to confiscate gold when your gold is actually stored somewhere else in a bank or something. If, if you've actually got control of it in your own house or basement, then um, it can't actually be taken if they don't know about it. So... In the same way, you need to control your own private keys. You need to control your own private keys, but in this case, it is imperative that you obtain the Bitcoin itself in a completely anonymous fashion. Sure, because if you're just transferring it from Coinbase, then they... Then they know, or, or the Cash App, which is a derivative of Square, which is owned by Jack Dorsey, which is a great app. I bought quite a bit of Bitcoin um, through the Cash App. Um, but that is, that is KYC'd. Um, Bitcoin, functionally speaking, it's tainted. And if the government ever wanted to issue Order 6102, which was the one for gold, if they ever want to do that again against Bitcoin, they know how much Bitcoin I have purchased. Um, and they can come and say, what have you done with this Bitcoin? And that, my assumption is if I can't adequately say this is what I did with my Bitcoin, I will be in very big trouble because they will then get to assume that I bought drugs and, and hit men. Um, so at the very least, if you buy Bitcoins, um, you have to, you, uh, if you buy Bitcoins um, via KYC, you have to look into, um, excuse me, a way of mixing them. So at least they're anonymized, but that doesn't stop the government from knowing that you had them in the first place. Uh, the best way to, to obtain Bitcoin safely um, is to obtain it completely anonymously. And there are really two options, well, three options. 
One is to buy it anonymously, uh, which is really hard nowadays. Some Bitcoin ATMs let you buy anonymously. Um, some people who have Bitcoin may be willing to sell it to you anonymously. Um, the uh, option number two is to work for it. Uh, so you provide a good or a service and somebody pays you in Bitcoins. And then option number three is to mine it, um, where you, you mine Bitcoins and they get sent to you um, completely anonymously. One thing to be very, very careful of then at that point is if you have Bitcoins that are tied to your identity, they can never be used in the same transaction as Bitcoins that are not tied to your identity. Otherwise, you destroy the privacy of those Bitcoins. Um, so like if I have, let's say, a quarter of a Bitcoin that is the government knows is owned by Andy Ott and I need to buy something for, let's say, half a Bitcoin, I can take half of my, a quarter Bitcoin of my, you know, anonymous Bitcoins. But if I use that quarter Bitcoin that's tied to my identity, both of them are known to be tied to me. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to avoid the, the repeat of the FDR situation, uh, you have to have your own keys and you have to have obtained the Bitcoins anonymously. Yeah, so I got a couple links about the, uh, the Iran uh, thing that I can send you as well. Um, I'm just, I really was dumbfounded. I was talking Yeah, to my you wife. know what's interesting about that is it's not really on like major, like I search for it and it's just all Bitcoin outlets that are reporting it. It's not really on the major news. That's like, I get it. It's a big deal now. I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, except for the fact that I am. Um, but it is very, very, very suspicious that not a single news organization is talking about this because this is Iran trying to get around the U.S. This should be everybody's favorite pet story because either you love Iran or you hate Iran. Um, and either way, we're going to do get out about Iran. Um, but that would legitimize um, Bitcoin's ability to sidestep the government. Um, and I just don't think the powers that be want that story talked about yet. At least not until after the election. Then they then they can blame Iran for the election and then throw Bitcoin in there as well. I think prior to that, um, and I'm not sure exactly, um, but it was only recently that mining Bitcoin in Iran was even legal. People were doing it illegally. And I think they're finally admitting publicly, yeah, we're doing this so that, uh, you know, we can get food into our country. Any closing notes? Uh, buy Bitcoin. And our, uh, our, our uh, other friend uh, is not here to derail our conversation into useful topics about Jesus. So, yeah, let's, let's do this.